We celebrated the independence of our nation. And it's not just about hamburgers and hot dogs and barbecue. July 4th, 1776 is the, is the date that our nation was liberated from the control of England. And it's a good thing. Otherwise, all of us today would be speaking with British accents. You know, our oldest son and his wife, they're part of a staff of a church down in Santa Monica. And a few years ago when they went there to be part of that staff, everybody on staff was from England. It's kind of interesting. God's sending missionaries from England to help the United States. But God sent us help and we'll receive it. Amen. So they went to this church and John was asking our oldest granddaughter, Olivia. She's probably about six at the time. Well, what did you think of the church, Olivia? And she said, you know, I really liked it. But why do all the people speak with funny accidents? <laughs> accidents. So anyway, thank God that a United States of America is an independent, liberated nation. Amen. And one of the ways that we celebrate our freedom every year, as you well know, Pastor referenced it, is through fireworks. Some legal, some not legal in the neighborhoods. But we have these beautiful displays even around the Bay Area. And you may have wondered, I like to research things. Thank God for Google. We can look stuff up now and uh, just study why are there fireworks on July 4th? So this is why we have fireworks on July 4th. Would you like to know? John Adams, one of our founding fathers, who was also the second president of the United States of America, he he made a declaration on July 4th, 1777. And he said this, We won our independence with bombs and rockets bursting in the air, lighting up the sky. Henceforth, we will celebrate our freedom by lighting the sky with fireworks, reminding us of the price paid for our freedom. So that's why we have fireworks. Initially, it wasn't because they were having a big party. Our independence was actually the last war was fought in New York City. New York City, yeah. New York City. And the bombs were bursting in the air. But thank God for America. And there is a cause to celebrate our great nation. We're thankful for our liberties and our freedoms. Amen? We're not perfect, but we are the land of the free because of the brave. Hallelujah. Amen. And Thomas Jefferson, now let me just give you a few quotes here. Our third president, he said this, freedom is not free. It is watered with the blood of every generation. How about we just say, God bless America. Amen. And some of the words to one of our great songs is, Land that I love, stand beside her, guide her through the night with the light from above. Of course we have issues. Of course there's things happening in our nation that we don't agree with. But instead of trashing our nation and putting it down, how about we use the words of these songs? And we say, Lord God, guide our nation through the night. With the light from above, darkness, division, and hatred shall not prevail in these United States 
of America. If we will humble ourselves and call upon the name of the Lord. What did he promise in 2 Chronicles 7, 14? I will heal your Land, And that's our attitude that we should have about what's going on in our nation. God, heal our land. Guide our nation. Guide our leaders with the light from above. Amen. Our liberties as United States citizens came at a high cost. But what I want to talk to you about today is so did our spiritual liberties that we so enjoy in Christ Jesus. There's an old song, I googled it as well, that represents both our natural freedoms and our spiritual freedoms. The song is called The Statue of Liberty. The author is Neil Inhole. It was written in the 1970s as a young man. He was part of a men's quartet and he visited New York City for the first time. He was out on a boat looking at the Statue of Liberty. And he was inspired to write this song called Statue of Liberty. So I was Googling it and, you know, it was a lot of men's quartets and singing it. And it didn't seem like it was appropriate to play that. So I have asked my friends, Pastor Nancy Dress appropriately. Pastor Nancy and Terry and Jane are going to come and sing a ladies trio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, they're not. Just seeing if y'all are awake. <laughs> you have on red. You have on blue. Good, Jane. You didn't get the dress code. Anyway. <laughs> but I'll read you the words to this song. And if you want to hear somebody sing it, go and look on YouTube. Again, it's called Statue of Liberty. In New York Harbor stands a lady with a torch raised to the sky. And all who see her know she stands for liberty for you and me. I'm so proud to be called an American, to be named with the brave and the free. I will honor our flag and our trust in God and the statue of liberty. Then he goes on to, in the next course he says this on lonely Golgotha stood a cross with my Lord raised to the sky and all who kneel there live forever as all the saved can testify I'm so glad to be called a Christian to be named with the ransomed and the whole as a statue liberates the citizen. So the cross liberates my soul on the cross is oh the cross is my statue of liberty. It was there that my soul was set free unashamed. I'll proclaim that the old rugged cross is my statue of liberty. Hallelujah. Anybody else in here? Does that just send a chill down your spine? Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for our statue of liberty. We thank you that you died on that old rugged cross for us. That you are our blessed, blessed redeemer. He redeemed us. He ransomed us with his 
precious blood. He paid the ultimate price for our deliverance and our freedom from the bondage of the enemy. His precious blood was shed for you and for me. Our freedom as United States citizens is not free. Watered with the blood of every generation. But our spiritual freedom came at a high cost. It cost our father God, his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How many of you are partakers of everlasting life? You've declared the lordship of Jesus. You've received the supreme sacrifice that was paid for our freedom. Let's look today into the word of God. We'll start with Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 and 12. And I want to read this out of the New Living Translation. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. Now, verse 12 is what I want to highlight. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time. And he secured our redemption forever. His blood is enough once and for all time. If the devil tries to remind you of your past and bring up your sins, your faults, and your failures, you need to tell him a bedtime story. You need to begin with once upon a time. Hallelujah. Once upon a time and once and for all, Jesus shed his precious blood. And I am washed in the blood of the lamb. I'm a brand new creation. Anything that I've ever done is under the blood. Hallelujah. And what about that blood? It's not like any other blood. It's spotless. It's sinless. It's holy. It's pure. It's powerful. Once Jesus died, and raised from the dead. The Bible says he took his own blood and he brought it up into the holy of holies and he presented it to our father and that blood forever cries out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord and all that come and are cleansed in that blood. We're washed in that blood and our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west in the natural men and women are still fighting today and they're still shedding their blood for our freedom as americans and i'm thankful for that and we need to honor our military personnel and honor the sacrifices they have made and they are making today but jesus only it only took once once was enough For him to shed his blood. And it purchased our eternal redemption. 
The work of the cross and the resurrection is a completed work. He bore our sin. He bore our sickness. He bore our torment. He bore all of the curse of the law on the same day, on the same body. Hallelujah. We are the redeemed. The price has been paid for our liberty and for our freedom. Can I get a witness? Anybody thankful in here today? Hallelujah. Jesus knew exactly who he was. And why he came. This scripture points it out so vividly in Luke chapter 4. And I want to begin reading at verse 16. This is Jesus and he's going. He he grew up in Nazareth. And it tells us in verse 16 out of the Amplified Luke 4. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And he entered the synagogue as was his custom. On the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And there was handed to him. The book of the prophet Isaiah. And he opened the book. And he found the place. Where it was written. Let me just stop there for a moment. There's some real significant things. That we should point out in this passage. Jesus. Had a home synagogue. It said he went to Nazareth where he was brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue. I think there's a lesson in there for us. All of us need a local body. All of us need to develop the custom and the habit of going to church. Amen. Amen. On a regular basis. And then it said when he entered there, these people in the synagogue, they were familiar with him reading the word. Jesus was standing in the office of a teacher and a priest, obviously, because they gave him the role because it was his custom, then their custom for him to stand up and to read the Bible. And he immediately knew what scripture he was going to find. It says he turned to the prophet Isaiah. And today was going to be the day that he was going to stand up and he was going to tell them, I am the one that was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. He knew who he was and he found himself in the word of God. Do you know who you are? Have you found yourself in the word of God? Have you found that the Bible says you are the redeemed of the Lord? Have you found that the Bible says you're a brand new creation in Christ Jesus? Have you discovered the word that says by his stripes, I am healed. Amen. We need to find ourselves in the scriptures. Look into the mirror of the word of God and see a reflection of who you are in him. So Jesus found himself in the word. And then he goes on and he continues to read in verse 18. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The anointed one, the Messiah. He's making it pretty plain, isn't he? I'm the anointed one. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you've been waiting for. The one you've been looking for. And he has anointed me to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. That about covers everything, doesn't it? So I read this passage. And if you go on and you read the rest of this chapter, after he read it, he literally said, I am he I am in your midst I am the fulfillment of this prophecy I am here to announce healing to announce deliverance I'm announcing release to the captives freedom for the imprisoned listen to what the word free literally means not imprisoned to release or rid, to be exempt from the control of another. I am not going to ask for a show of hands, but perhaps some of you in here have had the unfortunate experience of being in jail or in prison. Pastor Mark, but we won't name names. <laughs> Not recently, guys. Many, many years ago in another country. Anyway. And I'm sure it was a great day when that jailhouse door was opened, right? And you were released. Amen? Well, now, oh, some of you are saying amen pretty loud. Been there, done that. Well, we may not have been, all of us, in a physical jail. But every single one of us were in bondage. Every single one of us were in prison to sin, bound and oppressed by the enemy. Without God and no hope. That's being bound. That's being held captive. And that's why Jesus stood up that day and he said, but I am here. To set the oppressed free. I am here to lift up the downtrodden. I am here to heal those that have been bruised and wounded. And I like how it said in the Amplified, crushed, pushed down, broken by calamity. And he said, I am here to bring healing, to bring restoration. I am here to give you shalom, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. Well, you'd think they would have been excited, but unfortunately, they were like some religious people today. Who do you think you are? We know that you are 
Joseph's son. He was in his hometown. They weren't receiving it, but we're receiving it. How many of you have received the message that Jesus said, I am anointed. I am the Messiah. I am the deliverer. I am your salvation. I am your healer. I receive what he came to do. How about you? Amen. Jesus is the liberator. Satan is the destroyer. Over in 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. Again out of the Amplified. I'm not going to read the first part. We're going to pick it up down there in the second part where it says. The reason the Son of God was made manifest. Visible was to undo, destroy, loosen dissolve the works the devil has done. Woo! That pretty much covers it all. No room to wonder. The devil is defeated. He's destroyed. He's stripped of his power. His evil plots are going to come to naught in the mighty name of Jesus because Jesus came to undo And to dissolve the works of the enemy. So I looked up that word dissolve and I loved it. Disperse, disappear, destroy, disintegrate. Hallelujah. Disintegrate. That's what Jesus came to do. If you're a sci-fi fan, you know you might go to some of these movies and it's kind of a big thing in those movies that they, people disintegrate. Where did they go? They're gone. And now in some of them, you know, they get to part two. Those people that disintegrated five, ten years ago, they're popping back up. But you know what? When it comes to your past and when it comes to what Jesus has done for us, our past is dissolved. It's disintegrated and it's not coming back. It's not going to show up five years or 10 years later. It's gone. Hallelujah. It's under the blood. Ha 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 devil. What you, that hold you once had on me, you ain't got no more. I've been delivered. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now you want to keep hearing some more scriptures on freedom and liberty? Well, I got a few more. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, read this part with me, liberty, emancipation from bondage, freedom, hallelujah. Where is the spirit of the Lord? Anybody know where he lives? He's in me. He's in me. So because he lives in me, where the spirit of the Lord is, there ought to be freedom on the inside of every single believer. When we ask Jesus into our hearts, the yoke of bondage is broken off of our lives. Spiritual darkness is annihilated. We are translated out of the kingdom of darkness right on in to the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of 
of His dear Son. I got the life of God in me. I got the light of God in me. Hallelujah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Glory to God. When we ask Jesus into our heart, it's given Him entrance to remove bondage. It's given Him entrance to set us free. Hallelujah. Well, you may ask if that's the truth, if that's the case. And we know that it is. If Christ has truly set us free, then why are not more Christians living in freedom? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Some of you wondered, I'm sure, right? Because even though it has been appropriated to us, even though it has been given to us as believers, we have to stand. We have to stand in our freedom. Just like when you find out in the word of God that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Has the enemy ever come and said, you aren't righteous? You just said this. You just did that. Oh, if you were really righteous. You wouldn't act that way. No, we got to stand in that. We got to say, I repent now in Jesus name. And yes, I am still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How about your healing? You know, you know that you are healed according to the word of God and the enemy tries to slap symptoms on your body. Well, you don't have to accept that. You got to stand. You got to contend. You got to confess what the word of God says. It's the same thing in walking in our freedom. Here's a key to staying free and enjoying what Jesus has provided. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Again, out of the Amplified. So Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in me, abide in my word, hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them. You are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What's the word abide mean? It means continue. It means dwell. It means live there. You got to hold fast to these things that Jesus has said and to what he has promised. Hold fast to the truth. What is the truth? The word of God is the truth. And if we want to walk in continuous freedom, then we need to continually be in the word of God. We over in John, that same book there, but in John 15, 17, Jesus said this. If you abide in me vitally united to me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts. Ask whatever you will and it shall be done to you. Live in him. Abide vitally united to him. The word lives in you and you live in the word. You know what doctors do if somebody's really sick? 
They come to emergency and it doesn't look like if they're even breathing or what. What do they do? They check their vital signs. Because vital signs represent life. Can some of you turn to your neighbor right now and check their vital signs? <laughs> no. Everybody's alive in here, right? But sometimes we need to check our spiritual vital signs. Are we vitally connected to the vine? Are we living in? Are we getting our full nourishment from Him? Are we drawing our strength from Him? Or are we just barely hanging on? I use this illustration a lot, but I have some new victims. I mean, some new people in here today. I maybe haven't heard me preach on Sunday nights. But growing up on our farm, 160-acre farm, and pot, we had all sorts of oak trees and elm trees, and I loved to climb trees when I was a kid. I was quite the tomboy. Loved to climb trees. But we also had an orchard that had a lot of fruit trees on, in it. And our daddy would tell us, kids, climb any tree you want, but don't climb on the fruit trees. And why was that? Because if you climb on the fruit trees and you break off a branch, you're going to lose some of your harvest. But you know, what would we do? It was Ricky's fault. It was always Ricky's fault. (laughs) Want to go climb the apple trees or the peach trees. And you know, you climb up the tree, you get out on this limb and you hear it cracks and jump off real quick before it completely breaks. And so this limb is just kind of hanging on there. And when it comes time for harvest, it might be getting enough life from the branch, from the root of the tree to get, produce some leaves, but not enough to produce any fruit. So when harvest comes, you know, daddy would go out there and lots of apples on the tree, except this one branch would just have leaves. Well, what happened to that branch? I have no idea. It's a mystery. (laughs) Leaves, but no branch. But that represents too many Christians because they are not vitally connected. They're sort of connected. They're sort of in the word. They're sort of going to church. They're sort of praying in the spirit. And so they got just enough life coming out of Jesus, the vine to, yeah, I'm still a Christian. I'm on my way to heaven, but not producing any fruit. He wants fruit bearing Christians. Amen. Continuous freedom comes from continually being in the word. Abiding in Him, rich fellowship, and a rich relationship with Him is what produces fruit. And it's also what produces freedom. If you continue in my words, you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Continuing. It's, you know, in victory comes through consistency. Consistency in the word. Consistency in your prayer life. Consistency in your church attendance. 
I am a pastor, but I did not write Hebrews that said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's the word of God because we draw strength from one another when we come together corporately. And there's something about a corporate anointing that you're not going to receive sitting at home watching TV or on YouTube. Come together. Be vitally connected with Jesus, but be vitally connected with a local church as well. Amen. Amen. So this same passage in the message, Jesus said this, John 8, 31, 32. Then Jesus turned to the Jews who had claimed to believe in him. If you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will free you. I like that term stick with it, not try it for a week or two. Live it out until it becomes a lifestyle. I heard a man of God say this. If freedom isn't lived out, then it dies. If freedom isn't lived out, then it dies. If we don't walk in our liberties and our freedoms that Jesus has provided for us, we will be entangled again. With the yoke of bondage. Those old lifestyles and those old habits will try to creep back into our lives. And this passage went on to say, then you will experience for yourself. Not just what others are talking about. Not just what the pastor preached about. But when we continue in these things, it becomes ours. It's mine. I have it now. It's mine. I'm walking in it. I'm enjoying my liberties and my freedoms. Amen. Amen. One last scripture. I'll be like pastor. I don't have a long word, but I have a good word. Right? Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. I guess it's long enough, actually. Galatians 5, 1. In the passion. Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Oh, I like it so much. I want to read it again. Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth. Do you cherish the truth that Jesus has set you free? Cherish the truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. If I were to ask some of your 
uh, mates in here, your spouses, your family members, if you are stubborn, probably a lot of people would go, uh, yeah. They got an extra dose of stubborn. When they set their mind to something, they are very stubborn. Well, how about we use this stubborn that we have to enforce Satan's defeat and to stand in our freedom, cherish his freedom, and be stubborn about, I'm not going back into bondage. Jesus has set me free. I am not going to let that come back on me. That addiction, that worry, that fear, that whatever it was, I am delivered and I'm going to fight for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to stay free in Jesus name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Oh, we thank you Lord for liberty. We thank you for freedom that you have provided for us. And we, as Sembrokite, we refuse to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We are not going to allow the enemy to bind us up in any single area. We are contenders and we are fighters and we are stubborn about having our freedom and our liberty lived out in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus.